Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. Good morning, warriors. Time to start your day. I'm your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today, we are going to be talking about five strategies that you can use to deal with diet talk. Now, this is a lesson that I shared with some students in the past, so I'm bringing it out of our education vault to you today, because I just think, gosh, it's just so silly for it to be sitting there without you all being able to hear it, because right now, let's face it, this is a time of year that everybody is talking about diets, right? New year, new me, I'm going to go on this diet. And I actually um, have reunited with some friends. I went to my 20-year high school reunion back in October, and I reconnected with some friends back from like eighth grade, guys. Like these are my like sleepover buddies. <laughs> Just so many fond memories of that time. But, you know, in 20 years, we really go in different directions and we form different beliefs about ourselves and our bodies and and our food decisions and all of these things. And I've been reconnecting with them because they actually live in the same city as me, which is super cool. And at the same time, I'm noticing, wow, we have very different beliefs about uh, food and body. And I'm feeling a little bit like the odd one out in these conversations because I don't necessarily agree with anything you're saying. And it's been a nice way for me to practice these strategies. You know, at this point, I've been strong in my recovery for 14 years. So I would say I have a little more thick skin around around this type of talk. However, it wasn't that case when I was first starting out. And so wherever you are at in the process, whether you're thin-skinned around diet talk or thick-skinned around diet talk, it's okay. Diet talk will likely always persist. We live in a culture that makes billions and billions of dollars preying upon our insecurities and making us think that we need to change who we are in order to be loved and deemed societally successful. And dieting is a way that we get sold into that idea. And the more that you can own your truth and find this ability to deal with diet talk, the easier it will get for you. And so I hope these strategies will help you. And before we get into them, if you want more support around this topic, check out the Daily Growth Habit. Now, this is our private library of audio affirmations that are designed to help you cultivate and nurture new ways of being and thinking. And we do have a specific affirmation on overcoming food guilt, and we'll always be adding new ones in that have to do around helping you improve your relationship to food, body, and self-love. And so I'm just really excited to be able to offer this free gift to you guys if you go to recoverywarriors.com habit. 
you have to request an invite in order to get access because it is a private library of audio affirmations. However, the cool thing is, is once you request your invite over at recoverywarriors.com slash habit, you get to play these affirmations on your podcast player. I'm personally someone who loves audio and affirmations, <laughs> hence the daily growth habit being something I'm really proud of and excited to share with you because I really do believe in the power of rewiring your thoughts. And what has always kind of bothered me in the past is, you know, I'd sign up for some audio thing or some video thing, and then it was just in my inbox, and it was so hard to get onto my device unless there was a specific app for it. And our workaround for that is for you to be able to play it in a podcast player. Anyways, one of my strengths is problem solving, and so I absolutely love when I can solve a problem. (laughs) So just going to pat myself and my team on the back and say, hmm, problem solved. (laughs) Recoverywarriors.com slash habit will be adding new affirmations in every month at the new moon and the full moon. So get in now and keep getting more affirmations to keep you motivated as you continue to walk the path of recovery. Alrighty, my friend. Let's talk about some effective strategies that work when you're dealing with diet talk. We are going to be looking at five strategies you can call on to deal with diet talk. Now, let's be realistic here up at the top. We live in a culture where people go gaga over diets. It's something that they feel is uh, a great conversation starter or something that they can, you know, throw in and talk about because it's a common societal trend that's been trending for a long time. So with that said, we have to come with the expectation that we can't control other people's preferences, things they're interested in, what they want to talk about. That's beyond our control. However, the strategies that we'll be looking at are things that you can bring in to the conversation to move it away from the diet talk or be very upfront about why this is something you don't want to engage in. But the main idea is that you're doing this to protect yourself. We're not trying to change the other person. We're trying to change the situation in order to protect ourselves. And then before we get into these strategies, I first want us to be aligned on this concept of dieting, okay? Because if we can be aligned here, this will make everything so much easier when you start to stand up for yourself in conversations when you don't want to hear about dieting or body shaming. This goes for any type of thing that really doesn't help you in your recovery process. Now, first is that diets don't work. The science is unequivocal. Diets are not effective. And I'll even go as far as to say is that people with eating disorders often begin diets. It's kind of their gateway into the eating disorder. It's it's this harmless, I'm just going to control my food and go on this exercise plan. And I'm going to follow this to the T. Just tell me what to eat and I'll be fine. That is what leads someone to the darkness of the eating disorder. So I firmly believe that diets and eating disorders do not mesh. They are very destructive combinations. So if you're listening to this, you are struggling with an eating disorder, meaning you have the predisposition 
to take dieting into a very disastrous scenario. So just first own that diets are not for you. That's my biggest thing. Diets, mm, not for me. I can't control anybody else. If they want to diet, they can diet. That's not my problem to solve. And other talking about problems not to solve, diets don't solve problems. Diets won't solve your problems. If you're feeling unhappy about yourself, the diet's not going to make you feel happy about yourself in the long term. So diets are not the solution. I would say diets create problems, especially if you have the predisposition for an eating disorder. Now, Christy Harrison, the author of Anti-Diet, has some more information on why diets don't work and why we should kind of see them as something uh, that's not for me and not for you. So let's hear what she has to say about that. You know, we live in a, in a diet culture where um, we judge people based on their weight. You know, we um, think of weight as being determinant of health and we demonize some foods while elevating others and have, you know, cultural food rules um, that, of course, change with times, right? There's like the low-fat diets of the 80s and 90s and then it was demonizing carbs and now it's like all kinds of other things are being demonized. Um, but there's our culture really likes to have some sort of dietary demon to blame things on and also likes to blame um, health issues on weight. And, you know, we know that dieting doesn't actually work. That's the ridiculous part of all of this is that, you know, diet culture persists and people continue to go on diets, continue to intentionally try to lose weight. Um, and we know from the research that that just is not effective or um, helpful for people's health. And in fact, it's really detrimental to people's health um, to intentionally try to lose weight. Okay. 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 So we heard Chrissy Harrison, right? Diets don't work. We know this. And if you're just waking up to this fact, hello, welcome. I'm glad you are awake because diets don't work. And with that said, that doesn't mean people are going to want to talk about their diets with us. So how can we manage these conversations? Because this can bring up anxiety or maybe some nostalgia from when you remember, oh, I remember when I did that diet and I felt so good. Or, ooh, if I only you know, did that diet for this long, then I could have this change. I mean, think about how many times you've looked at your calendar and X days, if I did X this, I could be here by then. We know that type of planning is not the way our biology wants us to operate. So how can you manage these conversations? And the strategies we're going to be outlining, they're going to be different depending on the context or the person you're with or how you're feeling that day. Maybe you are in a sassy mood and you want to tell them straight up. Maybe you're like, I don't even want to deal with any drama right now. So I'm just going to gently do this. So you get to play around with these. And most importantly, be compassionate and gentle with yourself as you begin to explore using your voice and expressing your needs. Because essentially what you're saying with these strategies is, I need a different conversation here. Like this conversation isn't serving me. So instead of just sitting it and holding there and getting all these trigger buttons going in you, you can recognize, hey, this isn't serving me. So let's try something new. And the most important part is to be assertive. You may not be able to change the other person's perceptions or beliefs around dieting, and that's okay. The most important part is if you're aligned and you know dieting, not for me. Like, would you invest? Like, would you guys invest in like a really bad stock 
Like I want you to think about it that way. Because like this stock was like knowing to go down. It was like, yeah, this is like the stock that just would you be like, yay, I want to invest in that stock? No, not for me. If you knew that that stock was not going to work and that stock was going to go down, you'd be silly to invest your money in that stock. So people there are still, people still invest in, in stocks that are going nowhere. So they can invest in their stock. You can't tell them what to invest in, what not to invest in. But you get to invest your energy, your thoughts into stocks that are going to have better payoff. Dieting does not have good payoff. It's not an effective long-term growth strategy. It's not a long-term good investment for you to make to diet. That's why it's called crash dieting. So with that said, think about it that way. Just because they're going crazy about this new diet doesn't mean you have to put your energy into it or believe that it's actually going to have a good payoff in the end. Because you know, evidence shows it won't. So let's get into our first strategy here and we'll have some fun. All right, our first strategy is the subject changer. So this one's more of a slide. This is when you're like, I don't want to really call too much attention to the fact that I'm not interested in what you're talking about. So I'm just going to gently change the subject. And you can come prepared with examples of things that you want to change the subject to. Maybe you know this certain relative always talks about their diet or somebody always brings it up. Just think of other things that you could change the subject around. And the thing with the subject changer is it may sound like you're not listening to them. And it's kind of the point. <laughs> You want to change the subject. So there's different ways you can go about doing it. You can just say, hey, what about this? Did you hear about that? I'm really interested in this. And that way you just deflect the conversation and you change it. And hopefully they just go with the flow and the conversation can get redirected that way. Now for our second strategy. one is the honest one. This is where you're open and vulnerable and you let them know when you talk about your diet or your food choices or your exercise, I feel insecure because I've been really struggling with my body image lately and my eating disorder is still an active part of my life. And when you talk about those things, it really makes me question uh, myself and if I can do this, whatever you, you get, this is your heart. This is your open heart. So the real way to kind of structure this is when you say this, I feel insecure, angry, upset, hurt, confused, bust out your wheel of emotions and just think whenever someone talks about their food or their body, what emotions come up in me? Start to circle or, or draw all the ones that you notice are things that come up when people are talking about their exercise or their food or their body. And allow yourself to put those words. When you say X, I feel Y, and then because you fill in the blank. And this is you being honest. And I will say not everybody 
is worthy of hearing your story. Cause this one is more honest, more intimate with, you know what, like this type of talk doesn't help me. This, this hurts me. This, this impacts me. So when you can be more vulnerable, you are going to be embracing uncertainty, having some risk in sharing this, and there's going to be emotional exposure. So with this one, you want to be careful that you do this with people you trust or that you feel can handle what you're about to say to them. So this is one that you use on your own discretion. And most importantly is to apply the, when you X, whatever they did, said, I feel, which one emotions do you feel? And then because, so it's an X, Y, Z. When you do X, when you say X, I feel Y. And because Z. Okay, simple. It's a three-part formula. This is where you can be brave and honest and open and assertive. Now for our third strategy. This one is the sassy one. This is where you get to let your sass out. This is when you can let your inner comedian come out and be as sassy as you want. You want to put them down. You want mic drops. This is, can I get a mic drop here? Now, you want to poke fun at diet culture with these. If someone says, oh my God, I can't have this. I'm so guilty. You want to say, what, did you steal it? Life is too short for self-hatred and cardboard cookies. Last time I checked, let's see, when was the last time I checked? Okay, yep. Your dieting doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. If you're someone who is satirical and witty and loves to just drop funny, dry jokes, this one is good for you. Now for our fourth strategy. This one is the educator. Now, this is where you get to put on your educational hat and take all these amazing stats or research that you've gathered over the years about diets, knowing that they are ineffective, and you get to share that. It's like your own TED Talk. <laughs> Just grab your microphone and say, did you guys know that 95% of diets don't work? They fail. They fail. And they even put the person worse than where they found them. Now, this is something that we should actually look at seriously. Because if we're talking about diets as being the way to control your body, and they don't work, and they actually lead to the development of eating disorders, maybe dieting is the problem. Hmm. Years shifting? People thinking, that is education, my friends. And then I make drop. You find what really lights you up. What are you the most interested in talking about? And you can share from an educational point of view. And often when people are informed, they can change their decisions. So when we know better, we do better. So in many ways, you can help people know better. And now for our fifth and final strategy. This one is the exeter. Essentially, this is where you say, 
peace out. I am no longer participating in this conversation. Now, this can come after you trying other strategies and it not being effective and people aren't really taking into account that you're not interested. So you say, peace out. I'm going to go somewhere else. Or this can be simply that I don't want to, maybe you're in a group of four or five people and you really just don't want to use any of the strategies there. This one is just very easy. Just leave the scene. All you have to do is have some valid excuse or you can invent one if you really need to have a reason to leave saying, you know what? I'm, I have to go bathroom. I gotta go pee. I'm gonna go bathroom. Or I am gonna go help so-and-so in the kitchen. It looks like they could use a hand. Or I, I'm gonna go call my friend right now. I just remember that I, I was, they wanted to talk with me. Or find something that you can do to help you this one foot after another leave the scene. Now, if all else fails, I want to refer you to Rosie Molinari. She is the author of A Beautiful You, A Radical Guide to Self-Acceptance. And I just love what she has to say about this idea of setting boundaries and participating in conversations. If I were in the position in the immediate where I got brushed off, I think I would try to create as much space between me and that person as possible um, in that setting. And so that might mean like, all right, I'm out um, and I'm going to go sit over here on the table or um, if I can't get that far away from them, I'm really going to direct the conversation differently um, because I think it's important to try not to act from your wound in that more moment. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, if there was a bit of pushback where I said, well, that's not a conversation, that's not an appropriate conversation to have. And the person said something kind of snarky back, I'd be like, no, I mean it. But then I'd create space because otherwise I might get into a place where I'm going to act from my wound and that's not healthy for me. It's not how I want to show up in the world. It's not my most authentic self. Um, and so I think the right approach is to create distance at that moment. And then what you're going to do is process, process, process it. And I think we're sometimes really scared to process because we think that's going to wound us more. And what I have found is that processing is the most immediate salve. Like it will really for you be a healing piece where you can be like, so what's up with Anna? Like, what is that about? Why does this always come out? Like, what is, you know, what do I wish I'd said? Um, who was there to support me? What did that look like? Where am I going to see her again? What's this going to look like? And so I think you process and then from there in this place that's less wounded, you make your next best decision, which might be that you have to say, you know, we don't see each other anymore or we see each other in really different places. So I do think you can follow up with a little bit greater, like, no, I'm, I'm serious. And then I think you have to like, disengage. You know, I have a fundamental rule in my life that is um, the do not engage crazy rule. And it has nothing to do with mental health issues. I have my own anxiety and I would never consider anybody with mental health issues as crazy. But what I mean by that is don't engage the thing that's not changeable with a person like where they are locked in. And so often that's what we try to do, right? Like we're like, I can't believe my mom thinks this. I am going to convince her otherwise. And you go into these loops and it's 
for whatever reason, perhaps it's generational, perhaps it's cultural, you know, what, perhaps it's fear-based, it's, perhaps it's related to her own wounds, like you can't get them to let go whatever that thing is that they're clutching onto. And what I found is I spent a whole lot of time trying to help everybody else heal their wounds so that the world was softer and gentler around me. And you can't do that for someone else. You just can't. You know, all you can do is do it for yourself. This is your body. You have a right to be in situations that are mostly positive or at least neutral. And if somebody is crossing a line, you have a right to advocate for yourself. Like it's one thing to say, you know, I feel really full right now. I'd really like to go take a walk and wait a little bit until I, you know, and then to have like a, you know, some pie or some apple cider or some decaf, whatever, cappuccino with some pie. Like that's not... I feel like that's a like an intuitive eating skill and a body respect skill. You're just waiting to have room for when you can enjoy it. But, you know, if you're hearing like, oh, what are the calories in this or this gluten-free that or whatever you're hearing, and you just go, oh, that breath is good for you because you need that oxygen. It's a way to calm. And it's just signaling to you. It's like you and your caregiver going, hey, that was totally not helpful. That's not what you're about you know, let's just exhale. You know, they say breathe in the good, exhale the BS. <laughs> That's what that sigh can do for you. Um, and then if you really want, you have the emotional energy, you can absolutely say something like, you know, I really prefer to focus on taste and enjoyment. And this, this, this pie is really good. Um, but it doesn't even have to be a confrontational if you verbalize something. You're just reframing your preferences. And believe it or not, you're actually schooling the people around the table. And sooner or later, people will come to you and be like, how do you do that? Like, no, seriously, how do you do that? I want to learn. And, and then that's what I talked about. You work on yourself and, then, and people are going to come wanting that guidance and support from you. And that now you're in a better place to help them. And that's part, you're changing your family environment. That's part of culture change, you know, and then communities change and, and, and the world is changing. Um, it just is, it takes a good amount of patience and that's why that connection to yourself that like, no matter what I'm here for you is really important. And that even includes if you are frustrated about something about your body, how do you make space for feeling that anger, frustration, hurt, or pain, whatever it is, and still be good to yourself? Well, there you go, my warrior friend. You are now equipped with five strategies that you can apply whenever you are faced with diet talk. So let's review them here. First, we had the subject changer. Change that subject. Second was the honest one, being open and honest. Third, sassy one, get sassy, drop that mic. Your fourth one is the educator. Put on your education glasses, goggles. This is the weird one, actually. That's not even one. You can be the weird one. <laughs> just be weird. I'm adding that in. If they just start talking about diets, be like, ah, la, 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 la. Okay. You can, I'm adding that. We have a sixth one, a bonus one. Be weird. Just be weird. Okay. 
But then we have the educator. Educator, you know, your TED talk. This is your TED talk. Educate them. And then we have the exeter. You're just going to say, hey, bye. Peace out. Not for me. That's most of all I want you to remember. Dieting, not for me. Whatever happens in any situation, rank yourself in this. Dieting is not the solution. Dieting is the problem. Not for me. Dieting is not a good investment. So let's make better investments with our time, our energy, and our power. Alrighty, warrior. I hope these help you. And remember, practice, practice, practice. Theory to practice to mastery. And you only can experience it through living it and doing it. Well, my warrior friend, thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you found this episode helpful and know somebody in recovery who could benefit from its inspiring message, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to us at Recovery Warriors if we can get our cause out to more people struggling with an eating disorder. So if what you heard today was helpful, share the show with another warrior or anyone on your treatment team. You can do this directly from your podcast player or send them over to recoverywarriors.com. We have a goldmine of free resources there for all stages of recovery. And until the next episode, may compassion light the path you are on and courage keep you on it. You totally got this warrior. <laughs>